This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Um, so I, I wanted to say yesterday, uh, we did a show. Um, I do, uh, I have a production company and I produce this show from that production company. And I also, uh, produce, uh, help produce Warren's podcast city jazz sessions. Um, if I don't, if I forget to change the configurations, I will wind up uh, streaming my show to Warren's, um, uh, channels. And that's what happened yesterday. Um, so I had to go back and upload my podcast to my YouTube channel and to my Twitch channel. Now it'll be available on Twitch a little later today. Um, cause I haven't, I haven't got uh, Twitch is a stream only channel. So I have to actually stream it to the Twitch channel, but it will be available. Yesterday's discussion was about um, minority uh, rules. Um, so what I said was, you know, in, in reference to yesterday's channel, and you can go back and, and watch the channel uh, and watch the, the podcast a little later on. Um, so yesterday's discussion, we, we, had a, uh, a question come up. Warren posed a question for me that was extremely challenging. And, um, he, his question was, what if we had a democracy and the majority wanted, um, slavery? And I thought about that. And that's a tough one. That caught you off guard, didn't it? It did catch me off guard. <laughs> and so, um, it, so my intent on yesterday's discussion was to talk. There's a, so there's a dynamic between project and process. Project is the actual physical implementation of something. And process is the thought processes that go into determining what actions are taken. So democracy, if you execute it, is just a set of, it's a set of rules designed for an out, in outcome. The process is, why did you design the, the rules and what do you expect as the outcome? So while we were, while I thought we were having a project conversation, you know, the, the mechanics of which system of government works best and you know, and how to implement those. He posed a question that had that dual um, need to answer. Um, so what I'm saying is, is that the, the process, so people can corrupt, corrupt people corrupt things that they touch. Democracy is designed for uh, participation by everyone. If you, um, if you don't operate in good faith, then you corrupt the system. Uh, democracy in and of itself 
is not corrupt. It is just a set of practices designed um, to govern. And uh, the the idea that a majority of people would ins- want to have a practice as heinous as slavery says that the system is cor- that the that not that the system is corrupt, but the people that are operating the system are corrupt. There are systems Correct. that are put into place. There are systems that are put into place by people for the wrong reason, but get a very different result. So, so the system, so the, the functionality, you know, the project itself isn't necessarily going to be corrupting, even though the intent might have been, um, that way in the first place. So our, our, uh, um, Declaration of Independence did not ex- acknowledge the humanity of slaves. It actually counted them as three fifths of a person. Three fifths or five sevenths. Okay, so 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 in the design of the project of democracy of our democracy. The process that they use, the the thought process is what they try to intend. They intended Uh for white people to uh, be the major beneficiary and and any other people that were not white for ancillary benefits. The now the the that we've moved forward so many years, people are understanding that democracy in itself is good. What was what was what is bad is when people try to corrupt democracy for their own benefit at the detriment of other people. So it was important for me to try to make that distinction here. Uh, I want to make I, didn't, I wasn't sure that I got that out yesterday, uh, but I do want to make that that democracy in and of itself is not bad. It's the corrupting factor of people uh, turning a system and using it for reasons that are irreputable. Did you? Guys I agree want- with that. Go ahead. Yeah. You want to make a comment? Yeah, I, I agree. You got people corrupting the whole the whole process or the system, and that's that's one of the uh, flaws is that it it can be corrupted by bad intent or bad morals, lack of morals poor judgment, prejudice, just being human. Anything, Leonard? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw an example of that on January the 6th and what has happened afterwards. Uh, We saw a man in the United States. We had our laws on peaceful transition of power. And we had a person in office, the previous guy, as the current president calls him, who decided he didn't want to let go. And so he turned uh, a racist, angry mob toward people committing their constitutional duty to certify an election. And, you know, he did a bunch of other stuff, too, but he sent them up there to kill people and to stop the democratic process. 
so he could keep power. And some of those people that the mob was turned against were people that were actually helping him do that. And by the laws written in this country, we should, some of those people committed criminal crimes and they, they should be criminally punished, uh, all of that. So yeah, you know, what you said is true. It's, it's the intention of the people that are supposed to implement the system. All right. Because when I look at other systems, when I look at other systems, the, the people that have those systems that are in place because they're already corrupt and evil. And so that's why those systems are in place. They're, they're <laughs> corrupt. The, the system itself is not necessarily bad. It's the corruption by the people implementing the system that becomes the problem. Right. So there was an article I'm going to, this is the last thing I'm going to mention um, pertaining to yesterday. There was an article in the Hill that showed up today. Uh, if I, if I remember right. Uh, and it's, it's, you'll see it in the scroller underneath. And for those people that are not looking at the scroller, I said, it's, it's about, um, the attack on democracy and what's happening, you know, with, uh, people, uh, getting into fights at school meetings about mask mandates for children. And I think it's an extremely, extremely, uh, significant article. Um, the, and I'm going to leave it at that. I, I just think that there are people who are going to read it because they're interested in saving our democracy. And there are people who are going to completely mm -hmm. ignore this hogwash because they don't feel that the democracy functions well for them. And they're willing to burn it down to get what they want. Mm -hmm. So today, um, yesterday we, we, we talked about democracy and today we want to talk about one of the aspects of democracy, which is, um, body autonomy. And body autonomy is that, uh, and you hear a lot of people talk about it is it's my body and the state can't tell me what to do with it and what not to do with it. So I'm going to, I'm going to let one of my co-hosts start us off on this conversation. Um, anybody wants to take a shot at it? Well, well I would, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I was going to leave it well, for me. Okay. So Go ahead. <laughs> I will say this right off the bat. What do you think about that statement? Because right now we have more than one uh, big debate or conflict over that whole issue. It, mm -hmm. It's the the abortion issue, which we're about to talk about. But we also have this uh, issue with COVID, the same thing. It's it's my body. You know, the state can't tell me what to do. Get a vaccine, not to get a vaccine. So, um it's it's really complicated i think uh and i think um a lot of people are asking is it going to come down to some constitutional law or is it is the government just going to be able to make mandates outside of the constitution but people are literally fighting in the streets right now over masking and not masking uh vaccinations records and things like that. Then we got the other issue over body autonomy, which is a lot older actually, because um, the abortion issue uh, has been going on for quite a while. Okay, Leonard, it's, did you have, and, and, I'm sorry, go ahead. Will you finish? Yeah. Go ahead. No. Well, what, I, what I'm saying is it's 
hypocritical, and it's usually conservatives that bring these issues up. When it comes to public safety, it's my body and it's my freedom. But when it comes to a woman and her right to choose, oh, we can use the government to force her against what she what she did. Like Texas and the Supreme Court choosing not to act. But yet we can uh it's been well docu it's been well documented for years that the government, the authority can decide certain things based on public safety and and the mandates will cover. So it's just it's just phenomenal of the hypocrisy that the conservatives are doing. They're talking out of two sides of their mouth about the same issue since we're talking about body autonomy. <clears throat> so <clears throat> So I thought about that, about, uh, you know, whether I, I was going to use the word hip hypocrisy. And the reason I am still on the fence about using that is um, there have been numerous cases where people have shown where the, the, the quote unquote right or the conservatives are being hypocritical about um, and their behavior about it throughout our society. So some of the things that they accused Obama of, uh, uh, the, the, their president did blatantly and they said nothing. It was okay. It was acceptable. Um, one instance that jumps out at me is, uh, Sean Hannity, uh, berated Obama about for using the teleprompter. Then when his president was using the teleprompter, he was presidential and, uh, you know, and, and really good at it for having not done it before and things like that. So, so hypocrisy doesn't impact them. They don't, they don't seem to care about that. They don't seem, it doesn't seem to be something that motivates or demotivates them. So, so the, the thing, the thought is, is how do you reach, how do you talk to someone? How do you have a conversation with someone when they will not acknowledge something that's worthy of having a conversation about? Because, you know, we had a, this conversation as we started the, the podcast uh, right before we came on. Um, when you have a conversation with someone, and they don't, and they're presenting their ideas and they don't listen to your ideas. They have absolutely no intent of entertaining your ideas. They are only doing what they want to do to get what they want. How do you have that conversation? And, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with this. Um, and, and you hit it on the head, Leonard, you know, with this um, hypocrisy that, you know, uh, when it comes to a woman's body, they have imminent domain when, um, when it comes to their bodies and, and, uh, um, the COVID, then you can't tell me what to do. You can't, I, I, the government then is no longer useful. So, you know, how, how do you, how do we have this conversation? I mean, you, you, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about, you know, um, and I agree with you, Fred, both sides are the same. 
but I don't know if I agree with the, for the same reason. Um, now I, I'm guessing you mean that that you believe that they're hypocritical, and and I I I don't know if the Democrats are as the same type of hypocritical, um, because they do the best. I think they do a really good job of trying to engage the Republicans, and that's what they've been bashed for, is that. You know, Leonard's done it, and Warren's done it. That, uh, uh, that you know, they they keep trying to talk to the Republicans when the Republicans aren't even showing the slight semblance that they're even listening to them. Did you guys freeze up? Am I looking at still images? No. Internet break off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just trying to let you finish. Uh, yeah. Well, for the last portion of that point you made, I'm looking at Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema. Uh, well, we're not going to take uh, the filibuster off the table. And I just, I just said, when the Republicans were in charge and they wanted something done, like all these judges that they pushed through under Trump. They made the carve out in the filibuster because they had they had the they had the uh, majority power and they did it. And you got Manchin and Cinema, the top two leading people that refused to do it. And even when it showed that people are going to lose their their abilities to participate in this thing we call democracy and lose their voting rights. Mansion and cinema refuse to refuse to change anything that they're doing, and they're they're going to stay that way. Uh, and there were some other Democrats in there too. I don't remember the names right offhand, but those were the two most verbally loud about not taking the filibuster off the table. And it was just amazing that I saw this one news report on on uh, MSNBC. They were talking. They were talking to a Republican strategist and a Democratic strategist. And Republican strategist admitted, "When we want something, we want done. We'll do whatever to get that done." Like they did with uh, Trump's tax cuts that wasn't paid for. And now all of these people are hollering about Joe Manchin giving money away, but Trump giving all his money away to the billionaires and billionaires. And it wasn't paid for. So it's just about, as you pointed out earlier, they criticize Obama for doing what they're doing. But when their guy does it, they there's nothing to say. And when you mention Sean Hannity, I'm not considering him as to any legitimate conversation because he's he gets paid to be an opinion mouthpiece on fake news. <clears throat> that's all, that's all that is. Okay. So did you, you, so, <clears throat> so the government has a responsibility. I believe the government has a responsibility to the people that it governs. And our, our particular setup in democracy is, is that everybody gets an opportunity to at least uh, make a voice in the situation um, and then, and then we try to pass laws based on that. 
So the situation then becomes, um, does the government allow, let's say, let's say you decide you want to um, play biochemist and you create something that's biologically hazardous to humans, you infect yourself with it and it's highly infect and in, 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 uh, highly infectious. And then you decide you want to go out to a local mall. Should the government be allowed to mandate, you know, that, uh, your behavior at that point? Well, that's a good question. Um, depends on who you ask. Some people feel that the government should not have authority to tell them what to do in, in a lot of cases like that. Mm -hmm. And they'll even pretty much think they'll feel that the constitution allows them freedom to do what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Those were pretty much the same people that felt slavery was okay. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but then you got other people that feel, um, that government should be responsible for safety, public safety, um, welfare of the citizens and that, it's okay for them to create laws or, or rules and guidelines that will protect people basically from one another, you know, like gun laws, you know, you, sh you shouldn't have guns because guns kill people. That's another issue we have. Mm -hmm. People riding on both sides of that. Should you wear a mask? Cause you might infect people or, you know, spread disease protect one another. Those are um, rights that people fight over. Should we be told not what not to do? Body autonomy is uh, a little different because body autonomy, a lot of people uh, against body autonomy are religious folks and they'll uh, use the Bible to uh, speak, say the Bible condemns uh, abortion. They'll say life begins at conception. Uh, you're killing a lot. You're taking a life. Um, not all Christians or religious people follow that, but a lot do. But then again, at the same time, a lot of those religious people were pro-slavery. So, you know, I think hypocr hypocrisy kind of creeps into that. So. You know, because there's things in the Bible that they say support slavery, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> so it's, it gets complicated when it comes to telling people what to do and what not to do and what authority government should have. So I don't think we're going to be out of this battle for any time soon. People are going to always fight over what they think their rights are and what they shouldn't be told to do. Well, what they don't realize is with rights come responsibility. Uh, you don't have the right to come punch me in the nose and not expect that you're going to suffer consequences. I might hit you or I might have a gun. I might shoot you. Or you could be arrested and put in prison for assault and battery. Mm -hmm. Just like you can't stand up in the, in the middle of a, theater, of a movie theater and just yell fire. You can be held responsible for the stampede and people getting hurt 
after that fact. Uh, see, you want to say it's okay only when you want to, but when you don't want to, you want to say it's not okay. Like you mentioned the gun issue. The original law was put in there because America, when they first started, didn't have a standing army. So men 15 years and older was to have a rifle and were to have bullets. So if America needed an army, you were supposed to report to your neighborhood commander who reported to your city commander, who reported to your state commander. And that's how we fought, like under the Articles of Confederation. See you, Fred. Before we had a constitution. Articles of, uh, what'd you say? I'm sorry. Uh, Fred's leaving. Uh, Fred's leaving us. He, he helped us get okay. back on the air so that uh, so that I would uh, e evade some level of shame because I I, I, I I made a note to myself, you know, check the uh, check the audio and doggone it if I didn't forget. So, I, you know, I think I'm having my senior moment and, and I probably shouldn't use that term in front of in front of anybody <laughs> watching the video. But I, I had my senior hey. moment. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Lynn. Yeah. You said it. But, you know, it, well, thank you, it, Mark. So it wasn't meant. It wasn't meant for a bubba to go riding through the country with a with a shotgun rack on the back of his truck and everybody carrying guns. Like these laws were made where we chose to have concealed carry in these states. And if you're Missouri, you're allowing you you change the law to allow people that were that were uh, convicts to carry weapons now over and above the objection of the Missouri Police Association and the Sheriff's Association, uh, law enforcement people that have to enforce these laws. And just like if we mention Missouri, we got a governor who's already pardoned the people that showed the guns at the Black Lives Matter protesters, but, and the guy's running for Congress now, uh, to be a senator, but there's a guy who was in prison, been, been serving prison for 40 years, and the prosecutor said he's not guilty of the crime. The witnesses say he's not guilty of the crime, and they asked the governor to pardon this guy, and the governor refused to move on it. Well, he got to go through the system like everybody else. But the guy, the guy and his wife that pointed the guns at the Black uh, Lives Matter protesters, they didn't have to go in this system. They didn't have to wait in line. So again, it's just about hypocrisy and the intention of the people doing it. So as Leon said, the people that, that implement the system. So, so if, if, so if the government, if, if the people decide, no, first let's say, so we've, we've got a situation, let's use a real life situation. We've got a situation where we have a, a deadly virus that's killing people. And we have uh, three mitigation or several mitigation strategies. One is uh, stay out of the public. Another is wear your mask. Another is get vaccinated. And so these are all things that the individual has to do mm -hmm. to try to help resolve the situation. The people who are, and we, we mentioned that yesterday, the anti, I, I, I put them in a, an umbrella, the anti-maskers, 
or anti-vaxxers, and I'm meaning all of them, the ones that are against masking, the ones that are against vaccinations, the ones that are against, uh, you know, staying at home, um, any kind of, huh? Yeah. Any social kind, distancing. Social distancing. Any, any of the mm -hmm. strategies to try to stem the tide of this virus, to stem the damage that it's going to do to the communities. So, um, so we've got these people in our society, in the midst of our society, they're willing to go into a, a grocery store and attack a manager simply because they've been asked to wear a mask. They go to the school board meetings and completely disrupt the school board meeting because the school board is trying to do what's in the best interest of its students. As the population of youth that are now is rising as youths going to the hospital and being hospitalized for COVID. And so, so the, the, the concern then becomes, well, how do you deal with these people? Because you don't want to criminalize behavior. What you want to do is be able to tell people, this is the problem that we're having. These are the solutions that we think are best to implement them. And then hopefully, they will sign on voluntarily so that you don't have to have mask mandates so that you don't have to have um, uh, ma mandatory vaccinations because you got companies that are ma um, man making mandatory that you have a vaccine in order to work mm -hmm. there. So, so how do you, so I, so I know that this is a tough ask, but but we're trying to find a way to find a solution to a problem and people aren't giving us a way out. They are not giving us an opportunity to resolve it amicably. Well, with that being the case, you might as well put your mandates in. You might as well uh, put your mask mandates in because you're going to have people that are going to refuse them. You're going to have people that aren't going to do it. They're going to yell and scream and wail and do the crazy, stupid stuff that they're doing. And that's going to be done anyway. Okay, it's, it's going to be done. Now, an interesting case is you got, a, you got the governor of Alabama. Uh, she signed a bill that said that companies located in Alabama can't make mandatory mask mandates for their workers but she gets on the public airwaves and say that people that won't go get vaccinations won't protect themselves from mask mandates are being stupid but yet you sign a bill prohibiting even a portion of that society from doing that because of your politics and your political leanings and you know like you told me yesterday a couple of times you can't have it both ways either put your foot in the pond or get your foot out and i'm speaking as a person that caught COVID and had to spend two weeks in the hospital and a little bit over three months in a rehab center after that and you know i was looking at the news last night and there's a new variant now that's been that's been uh, 
confirmed in Missouri and Illinois called the MU variant, which is a lot more, a lot more uh, transmissible than the Delta variant. And in Missouri, they got 2,000 confirmed cases. In Illinois, they only had like 20 so far. But the governor of Illinois has put back mask mandates for indoor places. Uh, where Missouri, they haven't. But, you know, you got to, you know, you got to do what's in the best interest of public safety. And I remember a law class I took in college where uh, the government was protected on public safety reasons when they did certain mandates. Like the first smallpox vaccines weren't fully approved. They was done on an emergency basis, mm -hmm. like the COVID vaccine. And if we had a, had a bunch of crazies walking around screaming like that back then, we might not have a country to be in because everybody would have caught smallpox. And so because you put up what I would call a false argument about your freedom, you don't get to make me sick. I, if I don't want to be sick and you got to come out in the public, you put a mask on, you go get a vaccine. You go get a vaccination because the week I caught the COVID, I was I was going to go get my vaccination that week, but you know COVID got me first. So here's so I understand you're saying you know do the right thing, even though you're going to get pushback. So that means um, put the laws into place, even though you know people are going to violate the law. Um, they're, they're going to scream and, and become belligerent about it. And, and the difficulty there is if you put a law into place and you don't have the enforcement piece along with it, you might as well have not put the law into place. Now, with that being said, the law being in place is going to be for basically for those people who are willing to follow it. So mm -hmm. for those people that wear a mask, who stay indoors, who get vaccinated, you know, they're following a particular science and I get that. But the people who shun the masks, uh, want to, you know, get into fights over not somebody saying, you know, please put on a mask or you can't come in here. Um, those people are, we, so we, probably we may have been able to uh, head off this Delta variant and this new MU variant. And I haven't heard about that one yet. I heard of the Lambda, the Lambda variant, but if we had done some, if we had followed, if we had had enough people to follow the mitigation strategies early enough, it is quite possible. We could have missed this, uh, this point. We could have never, there, there may have never gotten to be a Lambda, a Lambda or an MU variant or even a Delta variant, but because mm -hmm. there are people and I, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to vilify anybody. What I do want to do is try to find some way to communicate that if we work together, we can solve problems, but we can't solve problems if we've got people that refuse to join the team. That the idea is you accept my solution, 
And I don't ever have to accept your solution. I don't ever have to give anything. I don't ever have to concede anything for this to work. You have to do all of the concessions. You have to do all of the uh, uh, bending over backwards to make it work. And even if I kill off 600,000 people, I did the right thing. I'm comfortable with what I've done. I got, I've got, we've got kids. So the, the, um, we have people pushed really hard to get back into the schools. Now we've seen an escalation of children with COVID Mm -hmm. in the hospital. And they're continuing, they're continuing to push to open things back up, to stop mask mandates, to, you know, to, to see people, 600,000 people dead, children in ICU units. You know, what if pain and suffering of your fellow citizens is not enough to motivate you to stop for a moment and say, what am I doing? How am I impacting the world around me? How does my need to have to have my way hurting the people in the community. If you don't have somebody that you love that got sick or that died or anything like that, then you may feel comfortable standing on your, um, your right to freedom. But if a whole bunch of people are dying in your community and in your family or, or just in somebody else's family, wouldn't you think that they would have some compassion for somebody else? Well, they don't. Number one, you can't talk to people like that. You could talk to them, but they're not going to hear you. So the best thing you could do if you're somebody like me, I got my vaccinations. I still wear masks because, uh, of the situation. When my children are with me, I make them wear masks. Uh, when they go to school, we have them wear masks. While you're in school, wear masks. Keep them a couple extra masks. So, you know, uh, you got that. Like you said, they 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 in a hurry to open up everything. And then the mask mandates shot back up. And so if they had a, got the vaccinations, they had to wear masks we probably wouldn't have a Delta variant, a Lambda variant, an MU variant. Uh, We probably wouldn't have all of those, but they chose not to. And for the people that don't want to believe science, in science, something I learned back in sixth or seventh grade, a virus mutates. If you don't stop it, spray it, it mutates. It never stays the same, It, it, it mutates. And so when it mutates, it's hurting all of us. Like they talk about this MU variant is more resistant to vaccines. So one of the companies talking about a booster shot. And when it becomes publicly available to everybody, I'm seriously going to go get that booster shot. Because I've been, like I said, I've been in the hospital because of COVID. And Mm -hmm. I was blessed that I didn't have to get on a ventilator, so I wasn't one of the worst ones. But man, I got 
I was in there for two weeks and I was going away from home for four months because of it. And mm -hmm. I'm doing everything that I can to keep myself healthy now. And so that means when I go out and I'm going in, I'm going into places like me and my son went to the, my son and I went to the grocery store earlier. I wore a mask and I had him wear a mask while we was in there. And there were some people that wasn't, but we wore our masks. Yeah, I'm just, and I'm just really, gonna, and we're going to continue to do that. I'm just really, so we've got a public health crisis. We've got a public health crisis and we need people's help. We're asking them for help. And we're, we've tried asking them, we've tried telling them, we've tried informing them and let them make the decision. So we've done everything that we, I don't say everything. We've done quite a few things to try to get them to join the team, to try to, to you know, tell them that, you know, we can open up the economy faster if we reduce, you know, the, the impact of this virus on our society. Mm -hmm. And, and that doesn't work that you can't appeal to their good nature. You can't appeal to their, their love of fellow man. You can't appeal to their, um, spirit of law and order. Cause if you pass a mask mandate, they're going to ignore the mask mandate. Um, so these people are angry about something. It can't be the damn virus cause it's only two years old and we've been headed in this direction for over 40 years. Well, what they're mad about, it started with the previous guy. He's mad about. I think it started. He before got voted out, and he don't want to. He don't want to admit that he lost. Now, since all of that time, he went and got him and his family vaccinated because his wife and his youngest child also caught COVID, and. You know, if it if it if when it first came out, if he had done what the current president done, we wouldn't have had six hundred fifty thousand some people die. We probably would have only lost about ten to twenty percent of the amount of people that we lost. But he chose, like he said, that came out in the interview by his own voice. Well, I wanted to play it down because I didn't want the people to panic. And the American people have shown that over years, when you tell us the truth and say we need to do this, we'll get behind and we'll do it. We've we've shown that. Well, here, but he he chose to play it down. How, how is so so we've told we've told them wear a mask, it's going to help save lives. They've there's there's you know news articles about um wearing how how you know um rates of infection and death is lower in areas that wear a mask or that's in, um you know vaccinated and and they're not and they're not hearing it they don't want to hear it it's it's well, i'm not listening to that and so and so i'm not sure it's it has nothing to do with the mask mandate it has nothing i don't say nothing it is not the mask mandate. It is not the uh, 
It is not the vaccine. They are angry about something else. That's pushing okay. this, this opposition to anything logical and reasonable. What I'm saying is, it was first, all of this about not being logical started with him. And he was willing to do everything he needed to do to try to stay in power. And also, you got well. How do you how do you account now, for how do you account for the the Tea Party during uh, um, during um, Obama's years? Obama. What they they listen to, what is already in their mind as being reasonable. You got the right wing media, who's constantly telling them not to get vaccinated, but like fake news. It came out that all of their TV personalities had to go get the vaccination oils. They they couldn't come into the studio and work. Their founder and president got his vaccinations back last December when they first started coming out. Uh, the Tea Party, again, you got people who said, who came out and said, oh, yeah, we got to go against all this government spending. But the people that was telling them that didn't mind doing their spending when it was something they wanted. The conservatives, they don't talk about budget deficits and all that when it's something they want to do. Budget deficit don't come in, don't come in to play. Okay. But it comes into play when it's something they don't want. And that's the reason you got to have it. Because okay. if we was worried about budget deficits, we wouldn't have passed that Trump tax cut that we haven't paid for. A couple years back in 2017, they passed that tax cut and we didn't pay for it. Okay. And then the only things so they ever want to show in. to pay for, let me get in, they want to kill, they want to cut social programs. Okay. So the reason that I think it's important to identify when this all started is that once you know what the root of the problem is, then you have a better way of, of attacking the problem. Donald Trump wasn't the root of the problem. It didn't happen under Donald Trump's watch. It happened before no. Donald Trump. Donald Trump was a symptom of the problem. He wasn't the problem. Well, the Tea Party, used, the Tea Party, the, the Tea Party's behavior was insane. They were spitting on people. Yeah. They were they were acting irrational. So it happened before that. So again, some of the issues that we're seeing today started over 40 years ago. And what I'm trying to understand yeah. is why that we have this problem, because hopefully we may find a solution there. And then again, we may not, but we, we, but it's, it, it's important to identify the root of the problem. I think, yeah. go ahead, Warren, what were you about think, to say? I think the, what's at the root of the problem is a group of people we'll call the majority, have realized that they are losing their power. Their numbers are declining, and therefore they're rebelling. When Obama got it, elected his office, that just amplified the, the situation because someone outside of their group stepped up to represent a minority of people. So it got worse from there, and thus we had the Tea Party. Right now, you know, the demographics are rapidly changing. 
the numbers are already being projected that the majority will be uh, the minority even sooner. We're talking about the next couple of decades and these people are losing their numbers. They're going to lose their power in the government as uh, they won't be able to elect the people that they feel represent them. And so they're inflamed right now and they're reacting. They don't want anybody to tell them what to do. They want to stand up and oppose anything that's being proposed right now. So I think uh, lack of uh, losing power is a big problem in society right now. I'm, I'm going to agree with you 100%. Go ahead, Leonard. And, and you want to say, you want to look at what the beginning was. It started way back when, during the 1800s and Reconstruction, mm -hmm. when they started seeing Blacks go to Congress mm -hmm. and they decided, well, we got to reverse that. And the, and the first versions of the filibuster came in. And we, so we did everything to stem the tide. We had the KKK going around in the South and using physical intimidation to keep Blacks from voting. Uh, the current thing about, we talk about abortion, it's this guy named Bray or Bry, B-R-E-Y. Uh, he started back in the early 70s. The first thing he tried to do was to uh, build up a lunatic, I'm calling it a lunatic conservative angry fringe because in the 60s, they really started pushing to integrate schools. And then what, the, what, what a lot of the communities did, they started having these quote, religious schools or church schools unquote, and they were having the government pay for them and then as a private parent and you paid the freight for it, you would get tax breaks for it. Mm. And then they, the, they stopped that. They, the IRS stopped and, you know, through acts of Congress stopped allowing tax deductions for those because it was discriminatory. Mm. And he wasn't getting the traction he wanted with the integration thing. So they turned to abortion around the time Roe v. Wade was passed. So he, uh, the, a guy that was working with him named Schneider, he was a young uh, helper of his dad who was so-called a minister at the time, back in the early 70s. And they went to Billy Graham and some other Southern preachers to try to get them to come on board with them. Billy Graham refused them. And so now I got more respect for Billy Graham than I had even before. Uh, so where did you get this information? So it, it, it was on uh, the Joy Reid show, The Readout. Mm -hmm. She had the guy Schaefer on her show and interviewing him. It was either, I think it was last Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. So you could look up The Readout for last Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, I don't think it was Friday. It was either Wednesday or Thursday. Mm -hmm. And you could see her interview with this guy. He was, he was giving it all. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, we were, we, we went through a lot of uh, Southern preachers, Caucasian preachers, and we got them on this thing about anti-abortion. Mm -hmm. And that's what hit. This guy Bray, he went all over the world trying to get conservatives to, to uh, be angry and come out loud against abortion. 
that so, was that was his thing. So, so Warren says, um, Warren says it's it's white people losing power, and they're willing to burn this country to the ground before sharing power. Yeah. And and they've used they've used um, the church as a mm -hmm. tool in mm -hmm. organizing against that very very issue. And I, and I'm going to I'm going to mm -hmm. add the I'm going to add the military into that. Uh, because mm -hmm. if you look at who we fought over the last so many years, I guess, since World War II, it has always been people of color. There have been no European countries, no countries with a predominantly white population that we've had boots on the ground. Right. Sure. Uh, you know, Nate, and... And it was just recently that you had a general and the current secretary of the military, mm -hmm. who was an African American general, mm -hmm. who came in and uh, a couple of the Caucasian members of Congress attacked. And they was talking about basically defund the military. Mm -hmm. They attacked the police, and it's and you know they were talking about against Black Lives Matter when they were calling for defunding the police. These people in Congress are saying defund the police, mm -hmm. uh, defund the military. But like you said, since World War II, the main people that the U.S. has used as military against were brown and black-skinned people. Mm -hmm. Were brown and black-skinned people. Uh, yes. so, and you know, <clears throat> and like I said, so and like I said, they're they're using they're using the governmental power. To come against uh, women to get their right to abortion, and and uh, these people out there are, are fighting against the government to not have mass mandates and uh, vaccinations, but these people are willing to go pay these doctors now or going to these. A little country general stores to get this ivermectin, which was formulated to take care of cows and horses, so, deworming. So, so they know. So hold on. They know there's okay. something. So, um, one of the questions that you asked Warren uh, the other day, and I, I didn't have an answer to, uh, mm -hmm. was where do you see us being years from now? And so based on what you think is the reason that, that what's driving this behavior, um, this anti-vax, anti-mask, et cetera, anti, anti-mitigation strategy behavior, where do you see us in a few years? In the, us being what do, the United what States. What do I see us what? Where do you see the United States being in a, in a few years? Oh. Oh boy. Well, considering the fact that the government from the top down is, is so out of whack, out of sync, in opposition, can't get anything right uh, or settled, I think it's just trickling down 
amongst the population now. Everything is so divided, you know. People are uh, two major parties, which I think is a big problem with only two parties are, are doing everything they can to oppose one another instead of work together, especially the one on the right. And I think that um, resolutions are, are few and far between because they don't want to work together. We can't cross the divide, you know, and I, if it gets much worse, if it continues at this pace, we'll, we could be looking at some sort of civil war because states are, have discussed seceding, which is what happened back in the 1860s. Uh, states were ready to get out. Um, things, if things don't get better and they get worse, that conversation could get deeper. So I don't know. I, I can't exclude civil war if, if things continue to decline. So what do you think, where, Leonard? What, where do you think we as a society will be in a few years? Where do you think we're headed? Uh, a lot, uh, some of what Warren said is true, like especially civil war part, because the people that support the previous guy are already discussing it, already talking about getting their guns and, and doing this, like the one guy from Congress in the wheelchair. I'm, I, I, uh, I, I give, forgot his name, Madison. Kind of stay with, stay with, um, what do you think is going to happen in a few years? You, you've gone off okay, into a subject of, of talking about a particular individual. And the question was, where do you think we will be in a few years? What do you think is going to happen? Well, an example of what I'm going to say was that particular guy. And I think that we, we could eventually end up in civil war unless they put the people up at the top that was part of this uh, insurrection in prison. And you're gonna probably go there because you got a bunch of people that aren't gonna listen anyway. But, you know, you, I think we, we, we are gonna keep being divided and you're going to have more and more people die just just because of our own divis divisiveness, and it's uh, it's going to be bad for our country. We're going we we it's going to probably get worse before it gets better. So, so I I I don't know where we will end up. I don't know where we'll be in a few years. Um, I do know that we have had a long run of things getting progressively um, worse as far as civility in our society. So when you talk about civil war, I think that's, that's, that's a, a significant possibility. Um, my concern is um, it's not, no one's, I don't, I don't hear anyone trying to identify the problem, identify why this behavior is happening. If the, if the uh, majority of white people said, yes, we are angry because we're losing power, then that gives us some understanding of where they may take this problem next, who may be what may be the next thing that they're willing to sacrifice? 
At this point, they're attacking women. They're attacking mask mandates. They're attacking judges. They're, you know, they're, they're attacking so many different things that to identify a particular cause of all of that anger is not easy. And so I think it's going to depend on, I don't think it's, it's, how the the future turns out is going to depend on to me a couple of things. One is identifying why, and the other is um, identifying um, who. It ain't all white people. No, no, it's not. And the, and so no, and so identifying who is going to be significant as identifying why. And so that's, but here's, here's what's interesting though. You know, as far as the conversation about that particular guy, I mean, technically he's a non issue because if he would have dropped dead tomorrow, you'd have folks fighting and lining up to take his place, exactly. including his immediate family. He he's it's beyond him. Right them um we have uh politically we have a two-party system that's in charge of the government no matter where you are on the issues you're forced left or right and they're they're not going to work together until those two parties can figure out how to work together it's just going to be more division. You know, the abortion issue is not going to be resolved. The uh, gun issue is not going to be resolved. The economy is going to be one way or the other. You're just going to favor the billionaires or maybe these poor folks will get a bigger chunk of the pie. I mean, how do we resolve those issues when the two parties that we have cannot work together to resolve them there's got to be a better way and i i haven't figured it out but you know you say vote okay we vote if everybody voted what would change that's the question i like to see answered How, what do you say think would change if everybody that could vote would vote well to answer that question you just asked I think we would get a lot more response from the elected representatives because right now, on the average, you have 20 to 40 people showing up in the election. If every election you started having 80 and 90 percent show up, they wouldn't sit there and just be dull and insolent and not paying attention to the people that are voting. The way you get politicians to listen, there's two ways. You show that I got money that I can spend against you and make it effective to remove you out. Or I show that I can get enough people to vote you out of office. And when politicians have to listen to people with money and or votes, they listen. They listen. And you got a lot of people that tell you they won't go vote. Like I said, when, when, when I see a, 
uh, a raise, whether it's local, state, or national, and they say only 20 to 25% of the population show up, okay, you're not going to get a whole lot of change there. But if 80 and 90% of the people start showing up, you think if if 90% of the people start showing up, that senator, that representative is going to just pretend that they don't hear what's going on? They're going to start paying more attention. I agree. So what about go ahead? What about this crew, this group of people that stormed the Capitol? Those people that were angry enough to do what they did. Do you think they would just go away? They would put their guns down and wouldn't cause a problem uh, just because everybody was voting and different people uh, got in the office? Would they just disappear? At this well, point. remember the people that were there, and as, and this has come out already, that they get on these chat rooms, these small chats, and they were pushed by the previous guy and people in his camp to come and do that on D.C. I mean, when he addressed them that day, he said, I'm going to march down there with you. Mm-hmm. And they marched to the Capitol. He went back and sat on his butt at the White House. He turned that mob against the people because he told them a lie that they latched on to. Oh, they, they they took the election from me. No, they didn't take the election from you. And in over 60 court cases, you couldn't prove that. You could not prove that, but they weren't going to listen to nothing else, just listen to him. And you're right, if he were to die, it'll be somebody else to take his place. But right now, where we at at this point in time, a lot of it has to do with what he did. So, oh, that's no doubt. Here's what I see. I see your question is asking. There are people who, regardless of what rules are in place, regardless of what stature they have in life, they want the power. And no matter what, they're going to do things to make sure that they retain power. So if they were willing to go down and attack the Capitol mm-hmm. and the representatives defended those people attacking the Capitol, what mm-hmm. would they not do to yeah. retain power? Exactly. What would they not do? Where is the, where is the line? Do they draw a line? Are they willing to? Are they willing to um, explode a, a nuclear device on 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 our soil? I mean, we don't have to worry about we don't have to worry about a terrorist coming from another country. We have to worry about terrorists on our own soil. Yeah. yeah. There's only one thing that's going to stop a force like that group, and that's more force. And if, and if our protection doesn't step up to the level to handle that and do what they got to do, they're going to take over. I'm going to leave it at that. I understand. What's going to stop them? I, 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 I am not of the mind force, um, that force defeats force. I, I like the, um, I like the martial arts. 
And one of the things in the martial arts is that you use the force of your opponent against him. So, so you don't, mm -hmm. you know, you don't generate more force. What you do is you redirect their energy. Now, what is that? How would that play out? Yeah. Part of doing this podcast. I want to hear that. Part of doing the podcast <laughs> is to try to engage in the conversation. By engaging in a conversation, what we do is we get them to, to talk. We get them to um, find a channel that they may be able, that we can find solutions. Right now they're angry. Eventually it's, it may come down to gunplay. Eventually it may be come down to shootouts in the middle of the street. But they see that as well as we see that. So by opening channels of conversation, there's a potential that it doesn't have to come to that. But if you don't open up channels of conversation, then that's the only option that they see. Is that fair? Yeah, well, sure. Uh, I think uh, we should be having a conversation, but if they don't even want to, if the other side doesn't even want to acknowledge the truth, how do you overcome that? And I think what you just said, Leon, is partially true, but you're dealing with people that, that don't even want to have a conversation. They were storming the Capitol to stop the election, to stop a constitutionally mandated process to keep Trump in power, to keep the last guy in power. And when people have gone that far, you can't deal with them. You, you, you don't deal with them by having conversations. And now you can say not bring the force back to them. And then they just take you by force and, and get what they want. That doesn't I mean, mean you don't, don't defend yourself. Gun, for, for not I don't the force doesn't mean you don't defend yourself. Huh? I don't want to see that in the street. I don't want to see gunplay. But, yeah, but if you use the force, then you, you're saying that's what's going to happen. If you're saying use force well, against force, we, you're saying we shoot each other in the streets. Don't we have law enforcement to go against what was done on the 6th? Just like in, in cities, don't we have police to stop people that choose to rob banks, that choose to murder, that choose to rob people on the street? Don't we, don't we combat that with force to at least bring them to justice so that they got to face a trial? So your your thought and is you get evidence is that we have is that our police then become the second form of force, it's the counter force to the push to for white supremacy, for white dominance is what you're saying, the police force. Well, what I'm saying is, we have a force to we have a force to use against people who choose no matter what. I'm going to commit criminal acts. I'm going to be a criminal no matter what. And then, so we so we choose to have a police force to hunt, accuse criminals down, bring them to justice. 
And then once they're convicted, we have another force called we, correction officers. We establish keep them in in prison. We establish that the possible there's a possibility that white supremacy that the white people losing their position of power is maybe right. what's driving all of this. And your solution was to use return force against force. My solution, my solution is to when they when they go out and commit acts of criminalization like they did on January the 6th, bring them to court and have a trial and put them away. If you got the evidence to convict them, you convict them and you put them away. In a court system. But when when they come, In when a... they come to use force, you can't go out and just say, "We're going to talk to you." I mean, they came up. In a court they, system. They, they were saying, "Let's kill, let's hang Mike Pence." In a court let's system. Kill representatives that has released white people at a rate five to ten times greater than people of color. In a police force yes. that has attacked. Uh, people of color in greater numbers than white people. That's the force that you're sending against white people. Do we have any other force to send against them when they do what they did on January the 6th? What do we have? We have our own bodies. What do we do? That's, that's, that's what eventually um, is going to come. That's what is eventually going to come down to is our bodies. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, yeah. it comes down to our bodies. All right. They've already shown. So I think it's time. They've for us. already shown what they're willing to do. Right. They've shown. They've shown most of that. And so one of the things that we were talking about is, well, you know, what we can expect in the future. And so I think is definitely open. Um, so we've um, made that comment. We will close out today. I do apologize for the um, lack in audio from earlier, and I'll do my best I can to, to kind of get that out of out of there. Um, but that's about it. We're going to close out the show. We'll be back next Friday. I want to thank everybody for joining us. And you guys, thank you for joining me this afternoon. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you. Yeah.